Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight, I just want to go back to something that I started in uh, January. And we started talking about the subject of judging. And so uh, I know it's everybody's favorite subject, and it's uh, something you just love to hear about. But uh, it's something that uh, I was listening to Brother Moore and something he had ministered on. It just had resonated with me, and I've listened to his series on this for uh, months in and months out. And I'm going to go into everything he talks about but uh, because it was really long. But it was really good. It just stirred my heart and and, uh, challenged me in some areas. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for every person who's here. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the best teacher, and so we rely upon him tonight. Father, we rely upon him to give me words to say, but also uh, we rely on him to, uh, to spark things and bring things to life in the ears of the hearer. Father, give us ears to hear what you're saying to us so that we can be faithful stewards of the truth, that we can be well-pleasing to you in every area. Father, open our eyes to this to help us to see the need and help us to see how we can make these adjustments and get in line with this in our life in a more perfect way. Father, we thank you for that. We love you. We honor you. We give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the subject of, of judging is something that really is, it, you know, if you think about it, it is an everyday, probably one of the more practical things that affects our everyday life that we can talk about. You know, I was thinking about this, the, the subject of judging. We'll get into what, exactly what this is. But, you know, the world, we live in a culture today that is always calling for us to make a decision on things. Do you realize that? I mean, it's easy to not, to not be aware of what's happening, but we live in a culture where we are presented with information and situations and things for the very reason of just making a decision about it, just having an opinion, just deciding about it, just, what is that, just judging the situation. And it, it's around us every single day, every day, all the time. It is something that we're bombarded with is this need to have an opinion, Right. I think pastor had said, and Eric had mentioned this not too long ago to me, that pastor had mentioned something about, you know, it's liberating to know that you don't have to have an opinion about everything. Isn't that good news? You don't have to have an opinion about everything. I'm, I'm beginning to love a new statement. I don't know. What do you think about this? I don't think about it. I don't know. It's saying the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's liberating not have to have an opinion about everything because so much of our time is consumed with this presentation of information and the, and the need to, rec- to, to process it and to have some sort of an opinion about it when it really doesn't matter. Do you realize most things don't apply to us at all? Most of the stuff that is presented to us, most of the stuff that comes our way, most of the stuff that we see and hear really has got no bearing on our life at all. Can we be honest? I mean, most stuff really has got no bearing on our life. If, re- if we were to only have an opinion about it or only process or think about or consider the things that directly applied to our life and those that, the, those that are under our care. Now, we say our life. We can a lot of times have an opinion about people we love, but it still doesn't affect us. People that are dear to us, but really doesn't, it's really none of our business, Right? We can, we have a, we, there's a poll to have a, an opinion about all kinds of stuff, but things that directly affect you, your family, the ones that you're responsible for, you know, there's a difference. I love Zach. He's a buddy of mine, right? I, I think the world is Zach. Do you know that? Yeah, sometimes. All right. So I give Zach a hard time. You know, I love you if I harass you. So anyway, uh, that's, that's his love language. But anyway, um, Zach's love language. Zach's love language is a pinch on the back of the arm, y'all. I'm telling you. Look how look how happy he looks right now. Look at his face. Look at his face. He's like, what color is that? That's beautiful. But uh, it's it's Zach's love language, and so uh, I, I love Zach. But you know, not everything that happens to Zach, as much as I love him, is really any of my business. Hey man, it's true. It doesn't really affect me. It doesn't affect me. So why do we feel a need to have an opinion about stuff that doesn't even really affect us? It falls under the category of judging. 
That's really what it is. It doesn't affect us. Not that we're not sympathetic with what's going on in people's lives. No, we, we, we're, we're, we, we're sympathetic of these things, but having an opinion and being sympathetic and, and yielding to the Spirit of God and praying for somebody, sometimes we say spiritual stuff, we're, well, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for it. No, we're going to think about it. We're going to make decisions about it. I'm getting ahead of myself. But most stuff really doesn't have anything to do with us. It's the truth, Pastor Greg. That's my new song. It's the truth. All right. (laughs) Matthew chapter 7. Are you there yet? Let me get there too. Matthew the 7th chapter. I'm glad you're there. Now this is red letter. J-Jet, what is this? Hot sauce of the Bible, right? Jesus said it. You know those weird statements people say over the years that just stick with you. It's the hot sauce of the Bible, Jay. You were like in the seventh grade and you said that to me, and it has stuck with me all these years. But anyway, it's the only thing that Jay has ever deposited in my life. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, And that in a fear of beards. Uh, I don't know what's hiding in there. It's a little scary. But um, (laughs) that's Jay's love language, too. I was picking on Jay. So (laughs) you like that. Matthew chapter 7, it says, Judge not that you be not judged. Well, it gets real serious right away, doesn't it? Judge not that you be not judged, for what for with what judgment you judge, you you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? That's very graphic, isn't it? I was talking with Brother McKenzie this morning before church. We're talking about having cataract surgery and then messing in your eyes. I don't know of a creepier thing than stuff getting in your eyes, right? But he, he's associating judging with getting right up in your business. He says, and, what, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and do not look at the plank in your own eye, the two by four? He says, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's, from your brother's eye. So this scripture here, Jesus in this passage was talking, and, and he said very plainly, judge not. And, you know, I, 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 just for the, the simple reason of being obedient, how many know that Jesus said if we love him, we'll do what? We'll obey his commandments, right? If we love him, we'll obey his commandments. Meaning when he tells us point blank to do something, the reflection of our, our affection to him and, and the, the expression of our affection for him and love for him is shown in the response of our life and our actions that we take. It's one thing to tell somebody you love them and say, I love you, I love you, love you, but you don't do anything to show it. It's just words. Words are good. Let me know that word is good, but it's also better when there's action placed behind it, right? Oh, I love you, but I'm not going to, I don't love you enough to do anything. That, That shows somebody that you love enough to say it, but not to do anything. That's another reason why we ought to be caring for one another. Do we love one another? Let's get uncomfortable in caring for one another. Right? Let's, let's be inconvenienced by one another and see it as a blessing, right? But, you know, the reflection, the reflection of our heart and, and what we do uh, uh, and our response to him by obeying things is a direct reflection of how much we love him. And he, Jesus said, judge not. Just don't do it. Don't judge, judge not. On that alone, if there wasn't any other reason behind it, if it was just because it's just a pet peeve of Jesus's, he just had this thing about judging. He just didn't like it. Does anybody like to be judged? It's funny. When I talked about this two months ago, in, in, end of January, the very next week, I heard, I don't know how many people I heard make comments. Now, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Now, some people were playing. Other people were saying it seriously, got real judged, like judge police. Who's judging? Don't judge me. Don't. And they're always noticing judgment towards them. I never heard once, don't judge Steve. It was always, don't judge me, right? (laughs) Nobody likes to be judged. Does anybody just warm your heart when somebody just judges you up real good, just gives you a good old judging, just, that makes sense. But anyway, uh, Robbie raised his hand. Oh, pray for Robbie. And, um. But maybe this was just a pet peeve of Jesus's. I, you know, if it was only a pet peeve only, and he said not to do it, how many think it's still valid not to do it just because he said it? He is, after all, the Son of God. He is, after all, the Lamb who was slain. He is also one that carried your sickness and your disease, and, and, and you know, he carried your sin upon himself. If he asks you to do it, 
It's like the mom asking the kids to take the trash out. I think mama did enough for you to take the trash out. After all, she did birth you, right? And that's enough, right? I've had a kidney stone, so I can tell you it's enough, right? That was my baby, that rock. So, you know, I, I can only imagine. So, that's enough. But she cooked you a good meal, right? She puts up with your wine. And can I get an amen out of your parents, right? Oh, You put up with that garbage? Well, then take the trash out. Just because they've done enough, you ought to do it because they asked. I think anything the Lord asks us to do, that's why when it comes down to giving tithes and offerings, people who just won't do it, the truth is it's a reflection of what's in their heart. Right? Whether or not you champion and and. Let's be honest, set aside time to invest in somebody else is really a reflection of your heart towards God. It is. Can we just call stuff what it is? And I can tell you this. Now, we're talking about preparing for the life which is to come. I can tell you that's how he's going to see things. He's not going to see things with, well, it wasn't convenient. Well, it wasn't this. Well, I had this going on or, or for this special reason, this thing you asked me to do or this thing you told me to do because I lived in America, it didn't apply or because of my family situation, this didn't apply or because of this, that didn't. He's not going to look at it that way. You do realize that, right? He, he, he is the righteous judge. There's one person who can judge and he will. Every person's work will be tested by fire. What is that? What is that? What is that? That is the, the, be tested by his word and the instruction that he gave. Do you realize every one of our works will be tested by fire? To see what was useful and useless. Can I tell you, I've got a bunch of useless stuff that I need to make up for. And I think if any of us are being honest, we've all got a bunch of useless stuff that we need to make up for. Not make it up to earn something, but make, but make up because to be faithful to the one who gave everything, right? I mean, you're as every word, we'll have to give an account for every word. Think about that. Think about that. I, it makes me not want to say another word ever again. Y'all, I want to apologize to my brother, Zach, for picking on Zach. Learn to make this right right now. No, okay, so <laughs> stop it. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give an account of these things. Well, praise God. So if he asked, told us to not judge or asked us not to judge or just whatever his reasoning was, if for that alone, it'd be, it'd be worth doing. As difficult as it is, and as much as our culture tries to pull us in that direction, you realize this isn't also just an American thing. It's, it's a human nature thing. It's a part of fallen human nature that's in us that, that when sin entered in, this accusatory and taking an assessment of everything entered in. Why? The enemy himself does that. Is he not the one that went before Adam and Eve and said what God told you wasn't true? Did he really say that? Will this really happen to you? He was judging God from the beginning and man got into trouble by agreeing with his opinion, by having their own opinion in assessing the situation outside of just simply what they were told to do, right? So in a sense, judging, had they not taken the bait and thought about it, it wouldn't have happened. But but they, they processed it and had an opinion about it, had to make a decision about what was being said to them because they valued or even gave it the moment's interest in that this individual's what they were saying I don't know about you, but if a snake's talking to me, I don't want you to. I'm not hearing you, right? But the snake was talking to them, and they listened to it and formed an opinion. That's what caused their downfall. That's what started it. It's an important thing. It affects every day in every part of our life. But just simply from the standpoint that he asks us to, to not do it, tells us to not do it, it's worth, to not, it's worth not doing it. Can I just say... What kind of a church would, would the, what, what would the body of Christ look like? The church as a whole look like if it was full of people that did, that did this right here. Just didn't judge. Now, you know, we've all know what it feels like to be judged and to have that, 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 the specter of judgment being cast our direction. But we also have got to be honest that we've all done it. We've all done it. We've probably done it today. It's likely that we, at some point we've been called to make a decision today about something that really had nothing to do with us. 
Jesus said, judge not. But it wasn't just only his request or his commandment, which we should obey it because it's commandment. But he said, judge not. Why? What did he say? Right. Judge not and you won't be judged. Judge not that you be not judged. You know, one of the things that, that um, we have an adversary that, that is against us. Now, he's a defeated adversary. The devil, you know, made, or, or God made a show of, him, uh, show of him openly, you know, triumphant over him, paraded him around naked, one translation said, in defeat. That's pretty much defeated, right? When you lose your clothes, you're defeated, right? And so he was completely and utterly defeated, right? He actually, what was Hebrews says, I wrote this down out of the Rotherhams, it said that he paralyzed the death-dealing power of Satan. Christ paralyzed the death-dealing power of Satan. I mean, it's a pretty amazing thing that Jesus did on the cross, isn't it? The death, his death, burial, and resurrection is an amazing thing that was done. We serve a God who has all of the authority. Now, he's given it to us, and there is our enemy is completely 100% defeated. You do realize that, right? He is 100% defeated. He has no right to move in our life. He has no access to us. He's got no power over you. Is that good news? He's got no power over you. He's got no control over you. The person I was talking to that I called, you know, they're facing some things. I said, listen, you begin to look at it from the other side of it. I know what the doctors are telling you, but telling me, but what has the word told you? What has Jesus told you? What has he done? Get a picture of the other reality. You have one in the natural that's screaming at you. What is, what is the reality of the spirit saying? Right? What is it screaming at you right now? It's a, it's a total victory. It's a total victory. He said it's finished. It's done. There's nothing left to do. Right? It's over. It's done. But, you know, now the Bible does tell us that we'll, we'll have temptations and trials. The enemy will try stuff. But no matter what, we have the victory. Right? And we triumph, we triumph over him in it. Right? We rub, we rub his nose in our victory. And yet, you know, so I know tests and trials come and, and things come our way. And we, we, we approach it through the word, through the guidance of, of the Holy Spirit. He'll guide us and lead us. But how many know that the enemy also gets in sometimes in people's lives, pe- believers' lives get completely wrecked in battles that happen. The enemy wins battles. Now, we're not here to pass judgment. That's the whole purpose on what's happening in somebody's life. But we also need to be smart enough to know in our own lives, the Bible says if we judge ourselves, we'll not be judged. And so look at situations. Are we giving him room? Are we giving him place in our life? Go with me over to, um, uh, uh, go over with me to, uh, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, Ephesians chapter 4. It was right in front of me. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Are y'all out there? You still love me? Are y'all all wanting to pinch Zach after service? Amen. He wants you to. That's the word from the Lord right there. He wants you to desperately. Ephesians chapter 4. Give me an amen, Zach. All right, good. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, Verse 25, it says, therefore, put away lying. Let each one of us speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Remember that speaking truth is simply just speaking the truth of God's word. That's a part of discipling one another. Can you see it's everywhere? Put away lying. Let one another, uh, let each one of us speak truth with his neighbor. Obviously, not lying is good, but also not giving place to the enemy, the father of lies. Not repeating his garbage, Right? Let's put that away. Let, let's, not, let's not side in with the enemy. Let's not side in with circumstances. Let's side in with what the word says, right? So put away lying. Uh, let, us, uh, let each one of us speak uh, truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Can we all grow in that, right? Be angry and do not sin. Do not let, your, let the sun go down in your wrath. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. There are things that, it, that we do, decisions that we make that, that go around the victory that was won for us and we actually give place and give authority, give the right for a defeated foe to, have, uh, uh, to bring what he brings into our lives. What does the devil bring? He, what, what does he come to do? Steal, 
kill, and destroy. What is What did Jesus come? That you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so if there is stealing, killing, and destroying going on in your life, I'm not talking about tests and trials because when you face something, listen, you're going to go over it. But when things are, 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 have been stolen, when death has come, death of things has come, when things have been robbed or whatever in people's lives, there is a reason why these things are there. And we're not to be critical of what is happening in one another, but to look in ourselves and make sure we're not giving place to the devil. Judging is an area where we give place to the devil. Why is there so much pressure to have a decision, to, to have an opinion? It's to give opportunity for the defeated one to have access to your life right? This is a good subject. People talk about judging. They want to get all oh, this. That makes me uncomfortable. And Oh, I don't know if I like that. It's a liberating thing. If we'll do it, we're cutting, we're shutting the door on our adversary. Cause you know, he's looking for those that he, someone that he may devour. That tells me, we know he's defeated, but that also tells me he's looking for those that he may devour. That means there might be the possibility that he can still do it if we allow him to right? Now the victory Jesus won is 100%. It still requires our participation. It requires our participation. We've got to be involved in this. We've got to make sure that we're, we're staying on his side and not going to the other side in any area. And so this is why this is important just because he said not to do it, but also it's to keep the door shut on the enemy and keep access to our lives. Keep that closed. Judging is a huge, 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 Donald Trump, huge deal, right? It's huge. It's something that we've got to do. Can anybody else tell that this is kind of, this is actually a good topic and this actually applies to every day of our life? Can we all agree we've got room to grow in this area? Yeah, I've got room to grow. Look at the person on your left. Tell them you got room to grow. Turn to the person on your right. Say, you definitely got room to grow. Right. The person on the right's always worse. Justin's like, what are you talking about? We've all got room to grow. None of us have got this all figured out. None of us have got all this figured out. But we've got to be able to be willing to, Pastor talked this morning about analyzing ourselves and analyzing our life and doing a self-evaluation. We've got to be willing to be honest and evaluate and say, listen, if Jesus said, don't judge, it must be happening. And it's highly likely that we've been involved in it. It's the truth. Judge not. Jesus was very, 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 very clear that you, may, that, that you be not judged. And so I want to look at several things here tonight. Let me get back to my right page here. What exactly is judgment? So I looked this up. The Greek word for this uh, that's used here, judgment, is the word krino. Uh, it's K-R-I-N-O. It's said, it's pronounced krino. And it means to distinguish, which means to, dis to discern, to divide into classes, to indicate or show a difference, to discriminate. And we'll look at that in more in just a minute. But to distinguish. How many know there is pressure at all times to make comparisons between this one to that one to classify all sorts of things? It's judging. The next uh, definition or the next part of that word uh, uh, to, to judge, let me find my place again, means to decide. Like I said, having an opinion to decide. And it said there, there are two sides of this. The first one is mentally, to decide mentally. Like I said, there's pressure to have, to make decisions. There's pressure to have an opinion of things. Most things don't apply to you. But if you ever have the temptation to make a decision outside of your life, take a step back. You're getting into what Jesus said, making a decision about something doesn't apply to you or your own, right? I mean, let's, let's at least start there. You got to draw away from that. Just to decide, to have an opinion, to make a decision. Go with me over to, um, James. We're going to look at James here and uh, look at some things that, that were written here in, in the book of James. The book of James is pretty awesome. A lot of good stuff in here. While you're in James, I'm going to go back and read Matthew. He said, judge not, be not judged. For what judgment you use, you'll be judged. And with what measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. 
How many realize that in this subject of judging, we have to know that whatever we sow, we reap? We said earlier that nobody likes to be judged, and we all agreed nobody loves it. No one gets warm and fuzzy feelings over it. Nobody likes it. But how you do this subject is exactly what you'll get, and that's 100% fair. Right? How you approach this is exactly what you'll get in this area. It's true. And it's 100% fair. It says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eyes and do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how do you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your own eye and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. Ooh, what a word we love to see is the word hypocrite. Hypocrite. Everybody say that. Sometimes the Bible just, he just used stuff that just is a little stinging, isn't it? Anybody like to be called a hypocrite? Oh. Like I said, this subject, we've all been guilty of it. Can I say, and I'm talking to myself, not four, five fingers pointing back at me, hypocrite. We've all, we've all been guilty of being a hypocrite, Right? Here in, uh, in Romans chapter 3, I'll just read it to you. It says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all, to all and on all who believe. There, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. One of the problems with judging is it involves hypocrisy. It involves hypocrisy. Here in James chapter 1, in the, uh, let's look what verse we want to go. Well, let's start in verse 10. It says, for whoever, James 2 verse 10, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. How many know that, that sin and, and violating and committing sin is not specific things? It's made up of specific things, but committing sin is more than just specific things. It's violating God's word, right? Not walking in love. Would that be a sin? Right? I mean, you know, they're, they're, and so if you're guilty of one, if you break the law speeding, any speeders in the room? Don't raise your hand because Ray Kittles will write you a ticket. Is he here? No, I don't know if he's here tonight. Any speeders in the room? You're breaking the law. You're guilty of breaking the law. You've broken the law. Now, certain penalties hold smaller uh, I can talk about speeding. I get all choked up. I really don't speed. My Jeep does, doesn't do well speeding. It makes you, it's a little frightening. But anyway, uh, you know, when you, violate, when you violate the one, you have actually broken the law, but there's different penalties for different things. But you're still guilty of breaking the law, right? It says here, what verse we're in, verse 10, for whosoever keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who says, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. For if you do not commit, for if you do not commit adultery, but you, you do, but you do, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. You know, Keith Moore was, was telling the story in his series that he did. He's got a, a minister friend who's got a friend. I, I think it's a friend of a friend that this person uh, in his younger days had a really, really rough past, a really rough past. You know, it was just, he was somebody you wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley before Christ. Kind of like Jimmy, right? You wouldn't want to meet Jimmy in a dark alley before Christ, especially Dan in a bubble ball. So uh, this guy had gotten born again, was in the ministry, and they're driving somewhere, and somebody cut him off in traffic. Anybody ever been cut off before in traffic? Isn't it just a little infuriating? They cut me off in traffic. Have you you ever cut somebody off, and then you feel bad right after you got mad at somebody else for cutting you off? You cut some. Yeah, yeah, it kind of works that way, right? Anyway. This person cut him off in traffic, and this guy was in a different vehicle. He just stepped on the gas and chased him down. In the ministry, he's a preacher, born again, knows Jesus, but this somebody cuts him off in traffic, and he goes and chases them down. He runs them off the road. Now, the other minister friend was in another car behind him. He's like, oh, Jesus, get me there quick. This guy's, there's trouble up there. The guy, the minister in the first car chases the person down, runs them off the road, pulls them out of the car, and proceeds to beat them to a pulp beside the road for cutting them off. (laughs) Be angry and do not sin, right? So he, he chases them down, runs them off the road, pulls them out. You want, you want minister I'm talking about? No, I don't know who it was either. I was going to say it was Pastor Anderson, but it wasn't. Uh, 
<laughs> it wasn't. He, he ran him off the road, pulled him out, began to beat up. Well, this other minister stepped on the gas and caught up to him and got out of the car and said, what are you doing? And the guy, the minister doing the beat down, turned around with a big grin on his face. He said, well, I didn't cuss. So he's in the middle of giving somebody a beat down, but he's pleased with himself that he didn't cuss. How many of you know that the, the, the beat down also was wrong, just like cussing would have been wrong? It was not a less of a sin because foul language didn't arrive with every punch. It was still wrong. It still was running somebody off the road, dragging them out and beating them up. But how many of you know we do this comparison thing all the time? We do this comparison thing all the time. Judging involves hypocrisy because if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of breaking the law. If you have violated the law of God, if you have violated it in one area, you are just as guilty as somebody who's violated in some other area. And so to judge somebody on what's happened here or happened there, it involves hypocrisy because we've all missed it. I tell you, we live in a culture that wants to, some things are okay. How many know a white lie is a lie? Well, it was just a little white lie. No, it was a lie. You lied. Right? It, it, it either is a lie or it isn't. If it's not a lie, then don't call it a white lie. Call it something else. Call it a, a Zach. I mean, you know, whatever. Call it something else. But a white lie is a lie. But we, there, there's this thing to categorize. What is that? That's, I can't see the, the, I see the speck in your eye, but I can't see the plank in my own. That's what that is. And so the problem with judging is it is involves hypocrisy. That's exactly how God sees it. Every last one of us are guilty of one thing or another, right? And if, remember, if you, whatever you sow, you reap, if we are if we are quick to make a decision about somebody and feel though, though it's our responsibility to have an opinion, then we are inviting others to have the same responsibility towards us to have an opinion about everything that we do. It's the truth. And in fact, it's not just we are inviting it, we're calling it to ourselves. We're screaming, hey, in the, in the realm of the spirit, we're screaming out, judgment come my way because I'm judging this thing. Now, unless anybody think that I'm, I'm saying holier than that, we're all guilty of it. But it's an area we, we've got to move forward in. We've got to move forward in. So, you know, we're, with, with one thing that happens and, and another, you know, it, it, it really is something that's got to be addressed. It's something that's got to be dealt with in our own lives. How can we accurately deal with the things in our own, our own lives, our own shortcomings, if we're willing to call out others on theirs? We won't be able to. Because if, we, if we're in the area of hypocrisy, our problems won't be a problem to us because we'll judge it's not that big of a deal. Instead of judging it, we'll reverse action. Instead of judging ourselves, we'll give ourselves a pass in an area. Right? Instead of dealing with things that need to be dealt with in our lives, how many know compromise in one area leads to compromise in another? It does. Compromise in one area leads to compromise in another. Do you realize it's by the grace of God you're not in the boat that somebody else is in? It is by the grace of God that you're not in that same boat. Right? It's by the very grace of God. I can tell you this, no matter what it is, nobody intends to go where they're going. Nobody intends to go where they're going. The problem is if people aren't aware of this, they'll go there themselves without intending to go there. Right? Because God is merciful. And there is mercy there. And if we're not careful, we'll, we will call out for things in our lives and get ourselves into situations because of this right here, not because we judge things. It's kind of, it's really is a big deal. Everybody is guilty. Everybody is, 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 none of us are innocent in these areas. All of us have areas in our life that need to be, uh, uh, need to be adjusted and done better. 
And so may having a decision on things is, is something that we have to watch out for. Go back up to James, up to the first verse of James chapter 2. So the first definition is making a decision. And like I said, there was, a, there was a whole lot more of information that was given. We won't go into everything, and maybe some other time we'll get into it. But uh, I just kind of want to hit on some highlights. And in James chapter 1, verse, uh, James 2, rather, verse 1, it says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should, be, should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there or you sit here at my footstool, have you not shown partiality amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Now the subject of judging is deeper than we think. The obvious one is calling out people and stuff. That's the obvious one. And we all know that's wrong, right? We all agree that's wrong, and nobody wants it done to us. And so I'm not spending a ton of time on it because we all know what that is, and we've all experienced it, and we've all done it. But there's more to judging than just that. It's showing partiality. The first definition of that Greek word of judging was means to distinguish. That is to discern, to divide into classes, to indicate or show a difference, to discriminate. Have we been guilty of this? Is it godly? Will it bring, will it bring, will it call out for the same thing to be done to us? Will it open the door to the enemy in our life? It will. He said, you've, not shown, you've shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. You know, I was uh, uh, thinking today, you know, about this. And uh, I know as a kid, one of my favorite shows to watch when I was in middle school, come home from school, you know, was watching reruns of the Beverly Hillbillies. Right? Anybody remember the Beverly Hillbillies? Who watched the Beverly Hillbillies? Who saw it air originally? Okay, some of y'all are. Right. I didn't. I saw reruns. It was in black and white. All shows were in color when I was, new shows were in color, so y'all really old. Uh, but I used to love watching the Beverly Hillbillies. And you know what? It was the joke of the show was this thing right here. These were people from the mountains that had nothing. Old Jed, right? Had a song, Old Jed, something millionaire. Yeah, black gold, Texas tea. Yeah, yeah. Ken folks said, Jed, move away from here. California is a place you ought to be. I watched a lot of Beverly Hillbillies. And so they loaded another truck and they moved to Beverly, right? And so the whole show was about these people that looked crazy but had tons of money, right? And how, how they related to things but also how people related to them. The Drysdales on the show. Right. One was the banker and the wife, the, the, the wife of the banker. She hated the Clampets, but he would do anything for the Clampets because they had a bunch of money. It was the whole joke of the show, giving difference, viewing somebody on because of outward appearances, making a classification because they look this way or, or fit into this group so, so much. And so it placed value on them. That is judging. Is this a part of our life that we face every day? I mean, this is a huge part. That's one of the big problems in our country is this right here, the classification of people based upon haves, have-nots, the colors, the, the genders, all of these things, placing, you know, the war that goes on, the fighting that goes on is judging. It, isn't that the truth? It's judging. And it's something that God despises. How many know the story of the, you know, Stanford University being founded? Right? So, uh, uh, you know, mom and dad, Stan, I don't know what their names were. I guess Stanford, I don't know. So they go to, they go to Harvard, so to speak. They go to Harvard and they want to build a building, their new money. And so they want to build this building in, in memory of their son. And so they go. And so Harvard says, you know, you know build, to build this building, it's very expensive to do this. And, and, you know, and looking at them, you obviously can't afford to build a building here in Harvard. So, you know, it's very expensive. Well, how expensive is it? It's very expensive. Well, how expensive is it? And the person was like... It's very expensive. Well, just tell us how expensive is it? It's such and such money. And they look at each other and say, is that it? We'll build a whole university. Have you heard that story before? 
Now, what does that say about the people at Harvard? These are idiots, right? No. What does that say? It says that they are viewed. It doesn't paint a good picture of the people at Harvard, does it? That they saw these people come in and because they weren't dressed nicely, they just automatically assumed they can't afford this. And so they just, they, and they got what was coming to them because they left and built them an entire university. Isn't there some kind of a joy in that? That's like, oh yeah, they snubbed them. Oh, but they got shown. Oh, Stanford's big time. Stanford football is way better than Harvard football. Look, that's what's really important in the South. I mean, it's, it's so much better. Isn't there this part of just vindication that you feel because they got snubbed and they built this fine university and they're so good in all these areas? Anybody out there but me? Right? It's a part of judging. And so, you know, it's something that, why is it that it stirs this? Well, they've got what's coming to them. Mm. Do any of us want what's coming to us? No, (laughs) right. Not a single one of us. Can I tell you this? That story about Stanford is completely false. I didn't know it until today. I looked it up. I looked up to, I wanted to get all the details right to make sure you had all the details of what happened. I looked it up. That's not the story at all. That was published in chicken soup for the soul or something. I mean, who reads that? If you're reading chicken soup for the soul, you're you're reading lies. Okay. The devil himself writes that book. But anyway, Chicken soup for the soul. Apparently, it said this that it came from chicken. I don't know if it did or not. I'm not judging chicken soup for the soul. I don't know. But anyway, I've never read it. I don't have an opinion. But anyway, uh, I looked it up and it said, you got to be careful talking about this. You know, I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, but it said that story is not even true. The guy who founded Stanford University was, a, was one of the wealthiest men in America at his time. He made his money in the railroad business. I had been told that story about Stanford being founded and Harvard, and I thought it was true. And I read today, it's not true at all. The guy who founded Stanford was very wealthy. Everybody knew he was wealthy. Yes, he went to Harvard. He went to Yale. He went to Princeton. He went to ask them, how do you do this? He didn't go to ask, can we build a building for our, our, our son that passed? They came in with the expectation, we're going to build a university on the West Coast. How did you do it? So whether you knew that story or not, when you hear that story, the original story, tell me how judging works. You look at what they did and you think, oh, that's ridiculous. How, you know, why, why didn't they have enough sense to say, oh, just because they're dressed this way, it doesn't mean they don't have any money. Why don't we still treat them with, they should have treated them with respect. And because they didn't, then now they have a competitor university, they got what's coming to them. Well, that's good. How about the other side? We, I believe something that wasn't even true. And if, and if you hadn't heard the real story, you knew the real story? Of course, Pastor knew the real story. <laughs> Anybody else heard the original story and you, you'd believe that you heard that was true? Just me? I'm living in a moment. Nobody's raising their hands at all. Are y'all even here tonight? Some of you are like, oh yeah, when I was saying it. Now you're like, <laughs> okay, I, and I'm not going to call you out, Zach. But, uh, Here's the thing about judging. A lot of times judging is done when you don't even have all the information. How many of you realize things that call for us to make decisions about things oftentimes aren't even true? They're partial information, yet we're just making decisions about things, don't even know the information. If we do that, we get that. If we do that, we get that. I I would like to challenge you. If it doesn't apply to you, don't get involved in it. Reserve the right to not have an opinion, and it will aggravate people that you won't have an opinion. Reserve the right to have no opinion on it. And you have to guard your heart to not have an opinion about it. Right? But also, when it comes to discriminating or making distinctions between people. We've got to guard our hearts, especially with the calling we have as the body of Christ to reach a lost and dying world. We cannot, if we get into the area of assessing or appointing value, or even if somebody would be open or wouldn't be open. How about the Lord prompts you to say something to a waitress at a restaurant and you think, I can tell they wouldn't be open to this. What just happened? You judged. 
Has anybody ever done that before? It may be that they, it may be because, or, or the Lord prompts you to talk to somebody. You might think that because of how this person looks, they wouldn't be open to this. Or maybe from a negative standpoint, maybe they're so different from you that you, you, there's a tendency, let's be honest, to look down at somebody. What about if they look too nice? Right? Well, they don't, they, well, they've got, they can tell they got it all together. Do they? If they don't know Jesus, you're assigning value. You're making a decision about them that is not yours to make. It's true. And this verses here, they were given preferential treatment that to those who have money. How many know that's wrong? But to be on the other side, to not like somebody because they got money is also incorrect. It's judging. Can you see this goes on all the time? Right? The battle between the haves and haves not. What is it? It's the devil just getting involved and stirring up a bunch of garbage. That's all it is. And as the body of Christ, we've got to make sure that that filth of the world, and that's what it is, it's filth, it's sin. It is sin to not let it get involved and get in our hearts and and allow it to cause us to look at things and view people and situations differently than we should. I'm doing a good job tonight. It's important. It's important that we do this. We're at 48 minutes. I got to stop. Can you give me just a couple more minutes? Let me look here real fast. The last definition. Well, I'll just say this. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him thus no longer. The Amplified of that says, Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view. For consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard how many? No one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Listen, if we're going to be effective, if you're going to be effective at reaching your family, now this is for somebody. If you're going to be effective at reaching your family, you have to change the way you look at your family. You can't look at them the same way you're tempted to look at them. I want, God to, I want God to move in my family. I want God to move in my family. But this one, they're, 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 they got issues. They need Jesus. Can I tell you, you, we judge sin. We don't judge individuals. If anything causes you to have a different opinion of the person, you're getting into the wrong area. And if you want to reach your family, you got to check yourself. To make sure you're not allowing this door to be opened. That could, yeah, bring it to yourself, but also cause you to be ineffective and to invalidate your prayers in that area. I want God to move, want God to move, but we invalidate our own prayers a lot of times. It's true. It's important. Let's not be hypocrites in this area. The last meaning of judgment there is to decide judicially to try to condemn or to punish, to pass sentence. We were talking about the story, you know, of, of Stanford, those who believed it, it was just me and Zach. There's this, I, there was a sense of, well, they got what's coming to them. Yeah, that, that's what happens to you. When you don't do this, when you treat people that way, then, then that's what happens. That's, you know what that is? It's making us feel better that, that when we've been wronged, justice will be served. Like I said, none of us want justice served. None of us want what we deserve. We want what Christ died for. Right? Has anybody in the room ever, something's happened, you made a decision, you did something, and you, 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 you say, you prayed, Lord, forgive me. And I just asked for grace in this situation. Has anybody ever done that before? I've done it. 
something happened and you're like, when you came to your senses, you're like, oh my Lord, that was really dumb, right? Lord, I, I'm sorry. Now it's good to repent. The problem, one of the problems with judging is you might, you may look at what you didn't see it as not a big deal because it's not what they did. You still broke the law. You still violated your heart, right? So there's a danger there. You might not even ask forgiveness for something. Does that mean you're not going to make heaven? No. But do any of us want to go through life with stuff that we're just blinded to because we... It's one thing if you sin and don't know it. You didn't realize you sinned. In your ignorance, something happened. But in this area, you just, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Yikes. That is dangerous. It can lead to a point of, of making decisions down the road that one ought not make. But you pray, you know, you, 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 you pray for grace in that area. You pray for grace. If you don't extend grace and make, the, make a decision, judge yourself, make a decision about me, I'm not going to have an opinion about this. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to let it affect how I view the person. Now, sin is sin. You, have to, you call sin, sin, but you, you, there's a difference. You don't judge the individual. You, you understand there's a difference, right? Jesus spent time, he ate with tax collectors. He ate with people who were unclean. He, he spent time with them. He was criticized by the religious people for doing it, wasn't he? Was Jesus a sinner because he ate with them? Why? Because he saw them as individuals, not as sinners. He didn't see their problems. He saw the promise that was in them, right? He saw the potential that was there. He didn't see them as losers. He didn't approve. He didn't go rob banks with them. He didn't steal taxes with them. Oh, you get an extra sum for me. He didn't do that. But he still had no problem fellowshipping with them from the standpoint of with the point, the, the intent of winning them and helping them. So this area of judgment is to pass sentence. Like I said, most things don't even apply to us. But even when something applies to you, there, there, there's a fine line to judge the sin and not want retribution. Not want what somebody deserves to come to them. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's such an important thing. Hmm. In James, the second chapter, I believe. Let me look and see. Yeah, in, in chapter 2, verse 13. It says, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Yeah. Do you realize that most of the things that causes tension in a church between people is really a result of not showing mercy? That's what it is. Even amongst the body of Christ, that's really, that's usually what it, it's just, it's a, it's a decision to not extend mercy. What does love do? It believes the best. Just makes a decision. I won't believe the best. How many marriages would look different if you just believed the best in one another? Wasn't touchy. Not quick to anger. Just believe the best. But it looks like this. No, what does the word say? Believe the best. Yeah, but they might take advantage of me. What is that? That's, that's judging. And that's them that's you getting what belongs to you, but that means them not getting what they want. How about just believing the best in an individual? What harmony would there be in a church, in a, in a marriage, in a home, in a, in a job situation where, where mercy is extended all the time? Yeah. I, can, I, I believe this. We could win this world quickly if the church would just do this. Yeah, we'd win the world quickly if the church would just do this. Just a place where people are, you, you, they're loved and, and people believe in them. That, that, I mean, they call a spade a spade. 
you know, and it's something, if it's a sin, we're going to call this sin. I'm not going to shy away from it. It's wrong. But listen, God loves you. We love you. We're here to help you. We're going to believe God with you. Right? We're, going to, we're, we're there with you. We, we're willing to get in there and disciple with you, to teach you to observe these things. Mercy is such an important thing. Let's not pass judgment. Mm. Well, praise God. It's, I've been talking for a while. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the last point I was going to make, and I'll just quickly say it, in verse 5 of Matthew 7, it says, First remove the plank from your own, from your own eye, then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, in, the, in the, our assignment, our divine call to action that we've been given to, to encourage one another, to train one another, to, to teach one another, to observe all, this thing, all these things, yeah, you know, we, we want to learn to do it ourselves and be teachable. But by, by, by doing this in our own areas, I'll, I'll say this, a lot of times when you recognize a problem in somebody else, now somebody does an outward sin or something happens, you know, you understand things get our attention quicker than others. But sometimes we notice things in other people that are just, well, that's not right. They've got a bad attitude or, or this thing is not right or their priorities aren't right here. A lot of times we notice stuff because it's, we have some issues in our own self as well in those same areas, Right? Anybody have a kid, your, one of your children acts in a certain way and it just gets under your skin a little bit and your spouse is like, why is that bothering you? They're acting just like you. All right. I've heard that a few times in, in our house. One of the kids is doing something. I'm like, man, what are they doing? That is so annoying. And I'm like, I, I just, I don't, what, what is wrong with them? There's a, they have a serious problem. There is really something wrong with them. And he's like, that's, that's like, Greg 2.0 right there. What are you talking about? That is you. You know, a lot of times we notice things in others. We've not been given a call to discern problems in other people's lives. It's a part of judging, looking for areas. I'm going to help you. I love you. I'm going to help you. We've not been called to do that. We've not been called to do that. We've not been called to speculate. We've not been called to, what did I say last time? It was the 10th gift of the Spirit, uh, gift of, the gift of suspicion. You are not graced with the gift of suspicion. If the gift of suspicion is operating in your life, you've received that gift from the wrong person. <laughs> it's the truth. If, have we all been there? And I'm, I'm not saying it, like I said, I'm not judging anybody because we've all done it. I know I'm taking a little while, but this is important. The gift of suspicion, the, the, those things. A lot of times when you see something, it's because you have something in your own life that you need to deal with first. And until you deal with that in your own life, you really can't help them. Do you want an eye surgeon working on you and they got something in their own eyes? Just be still. I'm a, I got it. Do you want that? No, get away from me, right? But we've all been guilty of doing that. You know, on these areas, when you see something, you know, you deal with it, you, you, you take a step back. Sorry, right, Lord. Let me judge my own heart in this situation. Let me judge my heart in this. Let me take a step back. All right, where am I at in this? Teach me, teach me a lesson. A lot of times you'll see there's, none of us are there you'll see something where you need to make an adjustment in. And it may be small, but even the smallest of adjustment is a good one. Because it's the, it's the small things, that, it's the, the small foxes that spoil the vine, right? You make that small little adjustment so that you can then be successful and efficient at helping somebody else. And, and if we really love one another, we'll, we'll judge ourselves in these areas. We won't be judged because we're dealing with stuff, but we're sowing it as well. But it makes us eff- effective at helping one another and teaching one another and encouraging one another. It makes us efficient and effective in that area. Amen? It's all good. It's what we need to, it's, 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 it is a lifelong assignment for each of us. It's a lifelong assignment for each of us to do.
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.